Welcome to Tough Podcast. Welcome to our week one reactions. My team's one to know. Is your team one to know, Joseph? In my heart. In your heart. Well, they really ain't in real what. Uh, but it's only week one, and I know that a little bit might be an overreaction. Sugarfree Lucas here with Cooler Than You Joe, Joseph Silva. We're going to be breaking down every game, all the big storylines, all the big overreactions. Uh, we only got one week to work on, so it's going to be a, a little bit of an overreaction. But I want to overreact anyway, and everything else that came along with the, all of the upset games and all the weird ones too. The AFC South did not come out with a victory even though two of the teams played against each other. We'll get to that. A tie in week one. There could have been two ties in week one, honestly. And um, some injuries like the Cowboys. Cowboys being the only team out of all 32 teams to not score a touchdown this past weekend. What a damn shame. I'd love to say that, though, because I'm tired of seeing this antiquated team on all these primetime games. But, Joseph, I'm talking so much. I'm going to let you uh, pick the first game that we should react to. Uh, let's talk Bengals Steelers because that was a fascinating game to watch. Oh, definitely, definitely. What what did you uh, what shook you about this game? For me, it was kind of like I said it in the preview. We got to watch Cincinnati's offensive line. This is a pretty good test for them, and I think by and large they failed spectacularly because it was basically like watching Joe Burrow in that playoff run is he's getting hit constantly, sacked constantly, hurried constantly. You made all these improvements and you have nothing to show for it. Yeah, that was um, that was disappointing to see. But and my takeaway from this was, oh, my God, like Mike Tomlin, man, like I, I had a feeling that we shouldn't have glossed over him so easily, like the media and everyone going into the season, just his record of constantly having a winning season. And if it weren't for TJ Watt going down and getting hurt, I would just easily right now be overreacting and saying, yeah, I think they might have another winning season just because the way that they played, especially on defense, they were flying and, and they got so many interceptions off Burrow. that so many pressures, the tackles, like you said, for the Bengals looked so bad and they were just letting everything fly by and get to Joe Burrow. And the Bengals like, this is, this is a little bit of a shocker. Um, also for the Steelers, I like Mitchell Trubisky. I like the way that he plays. I'm not saying that he'll lead this team to, um, an amazing record and put the team on his back, but you could just tell that the coaching staff just went up to him and said, just give our playmakers a chance. It's the way that he was throwing these balls up to Friar Muth, to Deontay Johnson. Like th that's the recipe for success on the offensive side for the Steelers team is just utilize the mobility of Trubisky to the best of his ability. And then just have him chuck it up and see if these playmakers can make a play. And that's really, really what they we're going to see all year from this Steelers team on offense. And, and, Maybe they'll pull out a bunch of different victories like this. And if they could just get more people to step up on defense in the absence of TJ Watt, because they're saying that he tore his pectoral, um, that'd be nice. But an overall, a crazy game. I mean, the missed field goals. I thought the Bengals were going to kick that extra point at the end to, to, to win it. And just seeing that, I was like, what the, what is going on? Crazy week one. Yeah, that long snappers. Deserve yeah. quarterback money after this one because Jesus, you could tell the difference. <laughs> that that's a bold take for sure. Long snapper getting quarterback money, but you know that that was the difference in the game right there, and he messed it up twice. Yeah, because how do you miss a twenty-six yard field goal and have an extra point blocked when Evan McPherson is your kicker? Yeah, and I was and I was at the Charger game, so I didn't get to watch this game. Uh, right from the beginning all the way through 
And so I thought McPherson probably got hurt, but ended up to find out it was a long snapper messing up. And, you know, Cincinnati got, got some things to, to worry about right now. If they want to repeat and make a, a deep playoff run again. The only thing like I'll say, like in Cincinnati's favor is you turn the ball over five times and still almost won this game in regulation. You should have won this game in regulation, quite frankly. So everything's fine in Cincinnati. It took an otherworldly performance from the Pittsburgh defense, a historic performance in the Pittsburgh defense, and you should have won this game. Yeah, they. It's 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 just crazy to see how it all turned out. All right, I'm gonna pick the next game. How about we pick? There, there's some craziness going on. How about? The Eagles and the Lions, that was kind of weird. I thought the Eagles were going to run away with it in this one. Uh, but the Lions ended up making it a game towards the end a little bit. And um, another one where, where Dan Campbell says the exact same thing that you just said about his team saying, well, we only lost by three and we got some things to clean up. And that's the only positive thing we could look back, look at it and spin away from it. But I'm really happy to see the, the Eagles put up this 33-point barrage because – I think that uh, that alleviates and, and and quiets all the haters right now for Jalen Hurts and this offense. And and honestly, we saw some players step up. Like Miles Sanders, people were hating on him, uh, thinking that his production wouldn't be there. And he got there. And also A.J. Brown, the big offseason acquisition. Uh, really happy to see that. Yeah, I think if you're looking for encouraging signs from like Jalen Hurts at all this game is there were a lot of great quarterback performances this week. But the most quarter accurate quarterback beyond the sticks was Jalen Hurts. And you kind of see him start to get more and more comfortable in this offense. Second year in the system. It's only going to get better from here. And that was a tough Lions team he was facing, too. Yeah, it, you got to look at also the Lions. They produced DeAndre Swift with 144 yards on the ground um, with only 15 carries and a touchdown. He had a 50 long 50 yard long rush though but still i mean against that defensive front of the eagles which we think is going to be good they did lose um one key player i think it was barnett uh for the achilles tough loss but um the lions i think that that this game showed why they could be a sleeper team and uh why 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 teams are or people around the league are falling in love with them yeah, if DeAndre Swift is averaging almost 10 yards a carry against a front four where Jordan Davis isn't even a starter, that's an encouraging sign for this team. This offensive line is probably going to be the best in football now after watching that performance. Yeah, you would like to see that Jared Goff and company get it going a lot earlier, and maybe this game would have a different turnout. But there is uh, there's some things to be positive about right now in Detroit, and I'd said it, they're going to be that team that just be a play spoiler aj brown ties his career high with 155 yards in his debut as an eagle that's also great to see and uh yeah i'm didn't i besides that that's all i could take away from this game so far yeah there wasn't really like much you could take away from it there are just little things that both sides can be encouraged on it was just a good hard-fought game of football when it comes down to it uh where do you want to go next uh, I'll bite the bullet. Let's talk about Rams bills. Okay. Rams bills. Go ahead. I, I have my take on this game, yeah. but we need to hear yours first. Oh, boy. <laughs> that was, 
That was rough. The offense of line was bad. Cincinnati bad. And you could just see, like, Stafford had no time whatsoever because Von Miller was there. Rousseau was there. Everybody was there immediately to get him. You intercept Josh Allen twice, and you still get blown out. Like, what the hell? <sighs> Do you remember my, my prediction? I'd said that both quarterbacks would have two picks, Stafford with three. Um, so I felt kind of good about that one. But, yeah, the Bills, the, the most impressive team out of week one has to be the bills just the way that they came out and fired on all uh different sides of the ball i i I feel like if the season ended today or they just continued to play all teams continued to play like how they played in week one and the bills are obviously the the super bowl favorites right there i mean that was the most dominating week one performance i feel like i've seen in a very long time um just very most impressive because how they came out and got pressure on stafford without even calling any blitzes getting back there with epineza and company and Man, just the way that they're progressing on all sides of the ball, um, their pass rushers and their running backs running hard. I mean, it it was just really impressive football. I, I was really impressed by the Bills. And, you know, the only thing is just it's just hard to sustain that high level of play. But that, well, just wow. Yeah. I want Josh Allen to do open heart surgery on me. He was so precise in that game. <laughs> yeah. And then you called it, too, with your boy Jalen Ramsey. Just getting didn't- burned. I didn't want to be right on that one, but like you kind of saw the trends in the playoffs and towards the end of the season. And now in four of his past six games, he's given up a t- touchdown. Josh Allen was eight of nine for 120 plus yards targeting Jalen Ramsey. That is absurd for someone who's supposed to be the best quarterback cornerback in the league. What do you feel about Stafford? And you, you were concerned about his, his arm and that surgery that he had going into it. And then this game kind of showed a little bit of that. Yeah, it's kind of like the Stafford we saw last year. Like some of the throws were behind, some of the throws were high, but then there was one in the third quarter. Like he absolutely threw a laser to the sideline and cut hauls it in. Like that was a perfect throw. So it was more of the erratic Matt Stafford we saw in the middle of the season last year. So I'm not too concerned so far, but it's just kind of like, how do we do in five weeks, six weeks? How does that elbow hold up? You got to get these running backs involved more. You got to get that running running game going a lot lot quicker and and. 18 carries for only 52 yards when Stafford's having a tough time like that. And they said it was rehabbing all the way up until game time. You know, you, you, you expect your running backs, your running game to just be there to, at least my end, I was expecting that to at least alleviate things for Stafford. He dropped back 41 times and got sacked seven times. I mean, that QBR of 23.6, that's, that's tough right now. And um, yeah, it's just something to watch for. I, I really don't know how I feel about Stafford right now. I mean, that was, that was a tough performance and uh, I don't know. Some, some of those passes got away from him, but we'll see. You think that he'll bounce back? Yeah. It was like one of those classic mid season Stafford performances. He was being hurried so much, but there were two or three throws where you're like, okay, that's the Matt Stafford. You traded a hall for that's the Matt Stafford that made one of the ballsiest throws in NFL history. So it was more like the pressure, I want to say, that got to Stafford and affected him as opposed to like the elbow or anything. It's just we got to take a look at it going forward. You can't make a judgment on things like this after one game. I respect it. I respect it. Going back to the last thought, Buffalo Bills, the way they spread the ball, especially through the air, 
That's beautiful. That's beautiful right there. Over 200 yards just between Diggs and Gabriel Davis alone. Both had a tub. You love to see that. And over 100 yards on the ground spread throughout the rushing um, evenly. A lot of it by Josh Allen, believe it or not. Pretty crazy. It's like they never left Kansas City. Honestly, they're picking up right back where they left off. All right. I'll, t- I'll go to this one. I was there. Raiders versus the Chargers. What a game. What a scary game to be at if you're a Charger fan just because you were just overrun by Raider fans. I thought that maybe there'd be a better turnout. Um, but it's still L.A. And then maybe it was just because I was in Chargers Twitter circles thinking that, you know, we'll we'll show up the way that everyone on Twitter is talking about. It's just me following all my friends over there. It's hard to show up. But it feels great to send all those Raider fans home sad. It felt great to see all of them leaving, a lot of them leaving early. And um, you saw it right there, Khalil Mack. That was great. That was so much fun to see. I mean, the way that the game started off on the defensive side of the ball with Derwin James getting a sack, and then then it just opened up everything for Khalil Mack getting his three and a half. He's leading the league in so many stats like sacks, tackles for loss, uh, I believe quarterback hits and Joey Bosa gets one too. And then you also get three interceptions on Derek Carr. All that is great and amazing. And a lot of people are going to look at those stats and say, wow, what a, what a, what a great start for the Chargers, even without JC Jackson. But, and I'm going to say, but it is one of those things where if this was going into the playoffs or later on this season and the Raiders and Chargers are, are fighting for a playoff spot, I'm still biting my teeth because the Raiders outgained the Chargers uh, in total yards, and they were moving the ball so effectively. Devontae Adams was was getting open nonstop, and, and the way that Josh McDaniels was calling up all these quick plays. I gave a lot of respect to the Raiders because they were very much in this towards the very end, and the Chargers could have charged for sure. Khalil Mack is an absolute game wrecker, game changer, and if it weren't for him, I think that the Raiders would have won this game. I'm just being honest. Um the play calling on the Raiders side was very good. It's just the fact that, you know, you can't, you can't defend against Khalil Mack. And um, just, I, I point all this out because the chargers last year got to a very hot start in getting all out of the turnovers. I remember that week two game against Kansas city last year when the, I think Kansas city fumbled it on two or three straight possessions and the chargers ended up winning that game. But turnovers are difficult because they aren't the most, a reliable thing to get consistently game in and get out game in and game out. And so uh, you, they got to do a better job of stopping these yards um, and, and these big plays that they given up, but chargers come away with a great one. Yeah. The chargers looked really, really good for a lot of the game. Like you couldn't cover Devonte Adams. That's where you kind of miss JC Jackson is they threw, I think every active player in that secondary on Devontae Adams, and he got at least one catch against everyone except, I want to say, Bryce Callahan when he was being guarded by that secondary. But it's a little, like you were saying, a little bit concerning because it took three Derek Carr interceptions and a lot of clutch play from Cleo Mack yep. to um keep the Raiders at bay. And I don't think Derek Carr is going to have another game like that, especially at Allegiant next time these two teams meet up so you gotta like clean a lot of stuff up but it's very very encouraging for the chargers and conversely raiders fans shouldn't be too pessimistic you played a good game 
You needed to play a great game, and you didn't. But Derek Carr is not going to throw three interceptions again. You guys should be fine. Yeah, I think that that Derwin James sack in the beginning of the game just completely determined how Derek Carr was just going to play for the rest of the game. I mean, he ended up missing a wide open, I forget what player it was, a wide open touchdown at the goal line, just missing it, missing a complete terrible throw and throws it right behind him. That's that's the game-changing difference in there right there. If you're a Chargers fan, you really want to see the Chargers just completely put out this game. We had a long-missed field goal. That would have made it um, an eight-point game at the end, so they would have the Raiders, if they would score, would have to go for two. And you would love to see a lot more um, assertive play calling. At the very end of the game in the fourth quarter, there were a lot of three-and-outs and a lot of stall drives that just didn't go anywhere and just get – excuse me, gave the ball right back to the Raiders and gave them more opportunity to move the ball downfield and score. Um, and so, and, and it was good for, uh, I'm forgetting the offensive coordinator for the Chargers right now. But he, Lombardi. Oh, yeah. So it was Lombardi after the game. And I think, you know, not, the, not after the game yesterday, was saying how he would admit that they got conservative play calling at the end, which is good because you need that self-awareness. And that really, you know, could have been the... Uh, the, the Achilles heel right now, it's, it's kind of carrying over for the Chargers that, uh, from last year. You got Justin Herbert. He's playing in a great game. Like, let him, let him rip it for a little bit. Um, you lose Keenan Allen for a hamstring injury. That, that's, um, that's not a major one, they're saying. And he's, he's kind of being upgraded to doubtful uh, for this Thursday night football game against the Chiefs that the Chargers are going to play. But they, you got some uh, people stepping up. Gerald Everett looks like a wide receiver more than a tight end. DeAndre Carter is stepping it up big, our speedster, and he's going to – I think he's going to do something this Thursday. And so that's good to see that there's a lot of depth right there at the receiving core. And the last uh, point right now, um, Devontae Adams and Darren Waller, they're still great. Devontae, 10 receptions, 141 in the tub. Darren Waller, four receptions, 79 yards. Very interesting to see that Derwin James will not shadowing Darren Waller much if any – at all this game he was definitely playing a natural safety spot position um in the too high look or he was down in the box and he was very much blitzing the quarterback and being aggressive down there so they were very very comfortable with you know playing a too high look and i think that's good i think that means that they're really looking forward to the return not the return, but the debut of J.C. Jackson to really just be super aggressive on the defensive side of the ball because if he's there, he could press up on Devontae and hold up. And Mr. INT can maybe clap him up for a little bit, and there is just more time needed for these routes to develop downfield, and that just means another sack on Derek Carr or whoever it may be. And lastly, pretty good job by our slot corner, Bryce Callahan, from holding Hunter Renfro to three receptions and 21 yards only. Yeah, I only remember like one time I saw James on Waller, and that was the Derek Carr um, throw behind, because that was a rare time Darren Waller beat Derwin James, and he had a touchdown of all things on it too. So I think they were more pick-and-choosing when to go for it. In the clutch situations, you want your tight end eraser on the all-world tight end right there. Yeah, I mean, Derek Carr missed a lot of throws. A lot of throws. Um, the interception that I believe it was Asante Samuel got when Devontae Adams was streaking towards the end zone. That's an underthrown ball. Devontae should have had that. Devontae put I had 200 yards and a touchdown if Derek Carr puts that on the money right there. 
And so this is a rare, um, you know, thing for Derek Carr, considering he's the most accurate quarterback in the league or whatever the Raider fans like to say. Uh, but Chargers come away with this one. It, is, it, it was a divisional divisional game classic. This is what right. the AFC West is like. I Sign me up for it. AFC, AFC West looking like that except for the Broncos, and we'll get to them later. Uh, where do you want to go? Uh, let's talk, talk Packers-Vikings for a sec. Oh, all right. Because I think this was a bad game for the Packers all around. Like, everyone's going to talk about the offense only getting one touchdown and the Christian Watson drop. But I want to talk about why Jair Alexander said he wanted Justin Jefferson. He thought he could handle Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson torches you guys, makes everyone be like, oh, my God, let me go bet my house on him for offensive player of the year. And you don't even think to put Jair on him? What are you doing? Your defense is supposed to be incredible. And you couldn't figure this out? I mean, there was also just so much offensive production everywhere. Well, Dalvin Cook, 20 carries, 90 yards. And then besides Justin Jefferson, though, the, the ball is kind of sp- spread out evenly between Thielen, Cook a little bit, K.J. Osborne. The Minnesota just looked like they clapped down in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers just looked like he was frustrated as hell. And, and there, there was more than one drop in this game. It was It was really bad. This offense is just completely different week one yeah because green bay they're used to dropping the ball in week one but uh this i don't know how they could turn it around you just gotta build chemistry with these guys you know what i mean is like christian watson ran a very good route and got open it's just he dropped it you know what i mean you just need to find that time like he saw it in tampa bay when brady first got there like Brady wants receivers to run around a certain way so he can place the ball a certain way. Rodgers is the same way. He's got to run around a certain way so he can put the ball where he wants it. You know what I mean? He's always throwing it this way. Like everyone forgets Devontae Adams took three years to build his chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. And there were a lot of calls like, let's get rid of Devontae. Devontae was a mistake, you know. Problems with Devontae Adams. And then Devontae Adams is basically unguardable at this point. It, these things just take time, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think the time is going to be solving it, this issue this season, though. It's going to be one of those things where, like, Matt LaFleur is going to have to coach his butt off to get things right. He is, but he's shown he could do it before, so it's not code red in Green Bay yet. Uh, it was a Darius Smith revenge game, if anything. Yeah, I caught a couple of good shots on Rodgers. Yeah, Rodgers looked like he was beat up, and he looked like an old man. It was The memes after this was tough. Um, good to see Minnesota, though, getting back on track, and um, things are looking good so far under that regime, the new regime and the play calling. We'd like to see it. All right, how about – hmm, where should we go next? Did you see this game, the Saints and the Falcons? I did not see this game, but I'm not surprised by what happened in this game. Oh, man, I was disappointed just because we called it. And I was like, man, like we, I was like, me and Joseph are right on the money. Like you, He convinced me to take the Falcons in this one. And all of a sudden, the fourth quarter just blew up for the freaking Saints. And just 
the, this Atlanta team is just hasn't been the same since that Super Bowl. And it is tough. Cordero Patterson, after the game, is seen smiling. And I'm not blaming Cordero Patterson for smiling after the game. He's just used to this BS. And Cordero yeah. Patterson had a great game again. No one's surprised there. 22 carries, 120, and a touchdown on the ground. And he also had three receptions for 16 yards. I mean, this guy's always producing. But what else can you do? And what else can you – this is so tough. Um, Drake London did pretty well. Five receptions for 74. Kyle Pitts kind of non-existent on this one. You look at the the, the box score for Atlanta, and, and especially on the, on the offensive side, you would have thought that they would have got the W. They would have, but I think we've all forgot how good Mike Thomas is, and then he burns A.J. Terrell for two touchdowns. So It's good to see Mike Thomas get back to it. Yeah, because the one he won, that first touchdown was like just great receiving where he just rips the ball from the air and it's like, no, it's mine. I'd like to see that, uh, that Jameis Winston had zero picks as well. He did get he did get sacked a bunch of times though. His QBR is not the greatest right now, and I'll have to go back and watch this more in depth. But they also got Taysom Hill involved, not Kamara really, which is kind of disappointing. But you find your recipe for success and you pull out a Week One victory against a division rival, and you still always have that vicious cycle going on in the South. We'll see how this uh, ends up later on. Yeah, I mean, like, there's things to be encouraged for for Atlanta. Like, the offense was really, really good. You know what I mean? I don't think a lot of people thought it was going to be that way, especially with, like, the running back battle, rookie receiver as your wide receiver one, and then Kyle Pitts maybe having a sophomore slump. So the offense was good. The defense did its job for three quarters. You know what I mean? Like, there are things to take away, but... You just got to get Sage and just run it throughout that entire building at this point because you got to stop doing this. It's frustrating. <laughs> you really do. All right, where are you headed next? Let's go to Seattle. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I really don't. Like, I understand as a Rams fan that Lumen Field is not the easiest place in the world to go into, but you were terrible absolutely terrible it, i couldn't watch that game after a while it was just impossible to watch this offense in the red zone fail time after time after time after time yeah i was really impressed with the way that the seattle came out on defense i wasn't expecting that at all especially from the front and i, I gotta give credit to Pete carroll he just always seems to just get the most out of his players and also Geno Smith, I mean, the way that he was hanging in that pocket and dropping some dimes, his arm looked better than Russell Wilson, to be honest. And his decision-making was pretty good. Um, DK Metcalf and Lockett was al- is always fun to watch whenever they get involved. And I- I- I'm not scared of this Broncos team at all, especially at the defensive side of the ball. Melvin Gordon keeps fumbling the ball at the goal line. And, um, you know, there were holes on this Seattle defense, especially in their secondary, and you couldn't get it. You couldn't punish them enough if you were Denver and um, the terrible clock management management at the end. You can't even, you know, decide that whether you want to call a timeout. You can't even go with your quarterback that you played and paid him a million dollars or billion dollars. And on that extension, you don't even trust him to convert that fourth down. I mean, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton were big in this game. And yet and and Seattle were giving up so many defensive penalties, defensive uh, pass interferences and 
you're not punishing them enough. I, I just, I don't, I don't see. I feel like the stats are inflated for Russell Wilson right now with that 340 yards and a touchdown. He did not look good to me. Uh, he really did not. It was, and I think that was the indictment right there. Like you don't trust him fourth and five. Like I think everyone, like you saw in the Manning cast where Peyton's like timeout, timeout, timeout. Like I don't, I wouldn't take my first timeout like on the fourth and five. I would just like no huddle it and just hope for the best. Cause then you're have first down with three timeouts. If you don't pick it up, then you still have all three timeouts. You just got to get him three and out and then you just pray for a Russell Wilson miracle in Seattle. But you pick the worst possible option out of all of them. And then you're an ass and call your last two timeouts. Like just accept the loss gracefully. Like it's going to be like a soap opera almost if it continues this way in Denver. It really is. It really is. Uh, if Russell Wilson wasn't such a cornball, I think that, you know, I, I don't think people would be hating on him as much. Uh, and I, I really don't know what's going on with Nathaniel Hackett. This is, it was a really bad first game. And and I think super underwhelming. If you're everyone else on the AFC West, you're looking at this team like, oh, we're, we are not impressed. We're not even worried about it right now. Seattle starting off one and no, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'm I'm very impressed with that, and I think that um, I think that they could be a berserker team and play spoiler if they keep getting games like this. Geno Smith's not gonna be amazing all the time. He didn't even crack 200 yards through the air, uh, but this is just a classic Seattle team. Yeah. You know what I mean? They play rough, and 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 things will go their way. Especially with like the greatest home field advantage in all of sports, like it's. Especially after day day, I do not want to play Seattle with the season on the line. All right. Moving on to another game. The one tie of the weekend. What is going on in Indianapolis? First off, shout out to the boys that I met uh, at the Charger game from Indianapolis. Some Indianapolis Charger fans, a bachelor party. Um, it was really only one Charger fan there. It was the it was the the bachelor, and then everyone else there were his, his boys, his uh, his um, best man, and all them, and they were honorary Charger fans that game. But I was asking them what the hell is going on in Indianapolis, and they were like, "We don't talk about it." Looking at the box score right now, Davis Mills continues his streak of nice performances: two hundred forty through the year and two tubs, and Brandon Cooks continues. His streak of almost getting 100 yards every game and seven receptions, 82. O.J. Howard with two tubs, though. A big performance by O.J. Howard. Um, Texans, not really sure how they pulled this one off. They really contained um, the, I guess they contained the scoring on on Indy because if you look at everything else, you would think that Indianapolis would have won this game. Classic Jonathan Taylor, 161 on the ground. Michael Pittman, 121 in the air. Both got a tub. What's going on? It really is, like, baffling to see because if you look at, like, just everything, this is a win for Indianapolis, and you don't realize that they were down 16 points and had to storm back in the fourth to tie the game. Like, I was kind of, like, not really excited for Indianapolis. Like, you don't know what Matt Ryan is anymore, and it's really just Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman in the offense, and this kind of confirmed everything I was thinking. But, like, the Texans, you know, they have a lot of character guys. 
unfortunately. <laughs> Not like indicting character guys. I'm just indicting the way they got to Houston. You know what I mean? But that's kind of the thing is like, if you're a solid, well-coached team, like you are going to be difficult to play. And that's kind of what we saw. And Davis Mills is showing you should have gone first overall at this point. Cause man, is he the best of those rookie quarterbacks? Yeah. And I, and I like it. I like that for, um, for Davis Mills, um, Damon Pierce, that wasn't really the guy um, that people thought he would. Rex Burkhead out, out carried him and and got more yards than him, and this one. And I, I, other than that, though, I'm I'm waiting to see what else happens. I'm waiting to see who gets the first W out of the AFC South, and I'm hoping that um, this Colts team can really figure it out because, you know, the, I think what I came away from this one is that they need another wide receiver, and they should be in the running for OBJ. But I don't know if a guy like OBJ just fits like his personality and. It just it just doesn't seem like he would be a Colt, but he's perfect perfect candidate for for a guy like for a team like the Colts because they need someone else. They do, and like you really, there are no good options anymore since like Jacksonville blew up the receiver market. So it's really OBJ or hope for the best. And I think at this point you got to hope for the best, and that's not a winning strategy in the NFL, especially in the AFC. All right, what's team you want to go to next? Let's talk about something good for a change and the 49ers losing in Chicago in beautiful, beautiful fashion. You needed that one. God, was that fun to watch. Trey Lance. Ooh, that was kind of rough. Like, I get the conditions were not the best, but you still didn't play good football. Hate to say it, but you didn't play good. You were missing throws. You were just all over the place. It was rough if you're a 49ers fan yeah um there was he didn't have too much help sometimes i think Ayuk fumbled the ball or uh, maybe it was yeah i think it was Ayuk fumbled the ball um on the deep drive and but it, this was just disappointing if you're a 49ers fan especially on the defensive side of the ball like the way that some of the receivers were just being drawn wide open for the for the bears was kind of mind-boggling and and um a lot of blown plays, and I know that it's kind of like Justin Fields working his magic, but um, what a shocker the way for Chicago to come out of this one. Yeah, but this is the only way it was going to happen. Just classic Bears football in the rain, defensive slugfest. But, like, <laughs> Justin Fields showed some encouraging signs, but we've been saying that a lot. Like, there are a lot of encouraging signs for Fields. But he is, like, that leader in the locker room now. Like, he's got the personality. He's got everything. The line played surprisingly well against that 49ers pass rush. So, it's an encouraging start for Chicago. Yeah, I'd love to see um, Darnell Mooney get a little bit more involved for Chicago. If you're really looking to take a step forward on the offense, it would be nice. Um, San Francisco, one good thing about this is just this, these are the reps that Trey Lance needs and that you hopefully that he learns quick and his learning curve is nice and, and, and steep so that he really does get things going and um, not shake things off. Cause I really think that, that he's still the right way to go for this team. Yeah. Cause you need like some sort of demigod at quarterback in the modern NFL. Like you just can't get it done with um, Trent Dilfer anymore in defense. <laughs> yeah. Like you need a guy who can Trent Dilfer catching a stray on the podcast. 
No offense to Trent Dilfer, but he's not, you know, Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. And you kind of need one of those guys now to win a Super Bowl. And Jimmy G keeps getting you to the doorstep and you keep falling short every time with Jimmy G. You had to make the gamble. You had to. You had to. I'm thinking that um, Jimmy G, I don't know, this would be too too, uh, controversial, but... Mike McCarthy said that he has a board up of every available quarterback in the league right now trying to fill the spot for Dak Prescott while Dak is hurt. But then Jerry Jones just came out today saying that the timeline could be just four weeks. I'm not saying Jimmy G could be a a cowboy, but we've seen crazier things. Well, Jimmy G was almost going to be a Ram. You never know. You never know. Catch me in that Jimmy Garoppolo jersey at SoFi next year. (laughs) That'd be insane. (laughs) <laughs> I would love that just because the real LA team has a quarterback. All yeah, right. We what? have a good looking quarterback. <laughs> hey, Justin Herbert's cute. He's All right. Jimmy G. Well, moving on. Um, yeah. Jimmy G is pretty handsome. Not going to lie. Hmm. Should we go with the chiefs Cardinals or bucks Cowboys? Uh, let's go chiefs Cardinals because like, Boy, is this Cardinals defense going to be rough to watch. Yeah. Because, like, PFF released their grades, and they, like, had Mahomes lower than you would think after a performance like that. And they were saying, like, there were dropped interceptions. Like, the Cardinals just didn't play a good game on defense, so we couldn't credit him that much for what he was doing. Like, what he was doing was very impressive, but it was more like Arizona is imploding in real time. As opposed to God, like I think you still got to give Mahomes credit. I would, I would too. It's just they didn't. Yeah, when then you know what? Just forget PFF because they just have some of the weirdest grading and standards. To be honest, I'm more of an eye test guy. To be honest, and I would trust my eyes over over uh, PFF. And you got to give the Chiefs a lot of credit because this was a game where it was like Tyreek Hill. What's going on? Like, how are we going to see this offense? I called this forty burger. I called the forty burger of the season. The first one. And you can just see it coming. Cardinals just look so bad. Um, and this is just an intimidating way to start off the season if you're a Chargers fan because you're like, okay, Thursday night football, quick turnaround. You feel like you just came from a tough battle and the Chiefs just had nothing. Maybe we're a little bit more battle-hardened than them. But um, this is a just a high-powered offense keeping it going. Their goal line offense is maybe the most annoying thing ever in football this little shovel pass at the goal line running things to the flat they're still a very fast team yeah they're incredibly fast and like Mahomes was giving the ball to everybody you know what I mean like it was so well spread out that it's like sure Tyreek Hill's great but I think the fact that the offense is a lot more unpredictable makes it potentially even scarier now because you had to focus on Mahomes Hill and Kelsey now it's Kelsey Smith Schuster, and then who else? Because that ball was going everywhere on Sunday. Yeah, another amazing game from Mahomes. Another five touchdown game from Mahomes. Cardinals, man. Kyler Murray just seems to not be Kyler Murray without DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, that's just the reality. And until DeAndre gets back maybe this offense is just not going to go anywhere. This team's not going to go anywhere and you're just quickly losing ground. I mean, it's only week one, but you feel like you're just taking a huge step back in consideration of, um, of everywhere else in the division. Yeah. Because like 
while Kyler Murray is a very talented quarterback, DeAndre Hopkins is the rece- is a receiver that will correct slight mistakes that you may have. So whereas, like, let's say with Hollywood Brown, you kind of throw it behind him, unfortunate incompletion. Hopkins goes, gets in, you don't even think twice about it because you're like, oh, that's just a standard DeAndre Hopkins catch. And you're kind of seeing, like, Kyler isn't as precise as he needs to be without Hopkins. And it's going to be brutal if he keeps this up and doesn't kind of, you know, do that mandatory four hours of film study he was required for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot about that. Basically bullied them out of taking that out of the contract, too, which is hilarious. Oh, I will never forget it as a division rival. All right, moving on. AFC East. Tua, Miami. They get it done at home. 20-7 to against New England. Things are looking good so far for Tua in the game. Maybe not that first throw that he had, that little duck. But got things going. Some love spread around right now. Tyreek Hill, 94 yards. Jalen Waddle, 69 yards. And they didn't really need <laughs> – exactly, nice. And they didn't really need too much on the ground. Good little victory right here. Love to see it. Yeah, because I think that Jalen Waddle touchdown shows what this Miami offense is going to be. Like, again – Tua doesn't have the greatest arm in the world, but you just kind of need to fit it in there and then let him run and win the track meet because that was a great ball. And then Waddle did the rest and that's all you really need for this offense. Not much to say for the Patriots. I was thinking that maybe they could be a sleeper team. If, uh, if Bill Belichick could have another classic season where he just coaches up people, um, doesn't look like that right now so far. And then you leave the game with Mac Jones getting shooken up, developing. We'll see how that turns out. Yeah, this is what happens when you have your former defensive coordinator calling plays on offense. Like, I still don't understand that. I don't either. Like, you don't have someone under McDaniels that would have learned and marinated and kind of been ready for this. But no, it's the former special teams guy and the former defensive guy. And you gave it to the defensive guy. Like, you're going to ruin Mac Jones, especially because that offensive line regressed heavily. And that's kind of the one thing that everyone was saying about Mac out of college is he needs a good offensive line. He doesn't have the ability to kind of escape pressure and roll out and make a good throw. It's He's basically Tom Brady, and you didn't put a good offensive line in front of him, and now you kind of see what's happening. Yeah, this is, this is tough. This New England offense is not something pretty um but you you made a good point you sound like michael irvin you sound like michael irvin losing recipes all right we only got a couple games left here a couple blowouts left here Ooh, well, we we about Anderson. like they were all over the place but it's kind of an entertaining game if you tuned into it which one commanders jaguars oh okay go ahead. you can lead that one yeah, because for the first three quarters, like Carson Wentz was, you know, hey, we did it. We finally got the guy. Carson Wentz is back. And then Carson Wentz went back to Jacksonville <laughs> in week 18. And it was rough to watch. And Jacksonville came back. And then Carson Wentz, like, no, I'm going to turn it on again. And then does it again. I'm like, well, who are we getting here? We're we getting Jekyll or we're we getting Hyde. Yeah, this was a tough game for, I think, Trevor Lawrence to be honest that's when I when looking at the highlights and looking at his throws and some of his decision making it's it's like a different 
prospect that we're getting. And um, Davis Mills looks like he could have been the guy more and more by looking at these other plays. Very surprised um, that Washington pulled out this one, though. They're so weird to me, in my opinion, because I thought last year was going to be their defensive, uh, you know, the top of their defensive peak. Maybe maybe they just took a year off. I don't even know. But it's it's the Ron this- Rivera thing. Like, good yeah. one year, bad the next. This their good year. They're going to be bad next year. It's just how it works. It is just how it works. It's worked for the longest time, ever since going to Carolina. Um, seeing Carson Wentz with four tubs, though, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, Carson Wentz played well, but I will say, like, just in defense of Trevor Lawrence, like, he did make a couple of good throws that his receivers just dropped. Like, so he is still, like, kind of that guy. It's just you didn't – you would probably have seen that more if those were hauled in for catches. That's true. I like um, Jawan Dotson, two tubs for Washington. Um, suddenly, this this Washington skill position looks pretty pretty nice. You know, uh, Curtis Samuel, Terry, Logan Thomas, Dotson. That's pretty damn scary, if you ask me. Scary receiver corp all around, not just Terry. Very impressive stuff so far. Um, all right, I'll pick the next one. Hmm. Bucks Cowboys just to get it over with. What a boring game that was. What the hell? You could just feel how boring it was in the booth and with their commentary. Yeah, like what really of note happened besides like the injuries? You know what I mean? Like there wasn't that one player like, oh man, that's a great play. You're like, oh my god. Because like I have Tom Brady in my um other league. So I really needed him to have a good game for me to have a shot of winning. And I'm like, the one time I choose to root for Tom Brady in my life and you do this. God, this is why I hate you. I think the most impressive thing was Leonard Fournette with over 100 yards on the ground. Uh, Where did that performance come from? He's throwing it back to LSU, man. Lombardi Lenny. (laughs) Exactly. I don't know. I just, I, I didn't see running game in the books and, uh, I don't know, in my bingo card for this one for the Bucks. Yeah, but Micah Parsons, if like there was something to watch, like just watch Micah Parsons wherever he lined up on defense. You're gonna have a good time because man, if you didn't know it before, he is that guy. Yeah, I mean Leonard Fournette did lick him on that one play. And they were yeah. going back back and forth on, on Twitter. I <laughs> so I can see both sides, like, yeah, you gotta hit him to lay him out, but on the same time, like, I was preoccupied doing something else here, so it wasn't as impressive as you claim it to be. What about uh, when Dak wasn't? He did not look that good. Yeah, like, I was kind of, as someone who is a Dak Prescott believer, I was very, very disappointed. Like, I understand, like, you're really only throwing to CeeDee Lamb and everybody else, but still, like, Matthew Stafford was really only throwing to Cooper Cup. And Cup had a great game. C.D. Lamb did not have a great game. You know what I mean? A lot of quarterbacks make it work with one receiver if you're talented enough. And Dak just didn't. Yeah, Dallas is going down very quickly. And I'm tired of seeing them on prime time. Something needs to happen. Might as well just do that Jimmy Garoppolo trade. Make something happen. Because I don't know. But Lucas, they're America's team. This is our <laughs> year. Cowboys going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Hey, I don't think we talked about this game yet. Giants-Titans? Oh, man. Giants, Ken- I, called, I called uh, this one. 
Brian Dable, I love to see it. Oh my God, Saquon Barkley looking like old Saquon. Love to see that. That's so much fun because when Saquon's healthy and moving like that, and the football, football just feels great. Okay, I love seeing running backs get love. I love seeing running backs play like that. It's really entertaining. Yeah, someone on like the running backs don't matter train, but watching the Saquon highlights, I'm like, ah, uh, they don't matter unless you're Saquon. Right, exactly. <laughs> and Derrick Henry talking about running backs, he got hit like no other. Yeah, like it's Derrick Henry. Like you're supposed to be, it's supposed to be impossible to bring him down. You know what I mean? But I'm like, what? Were yeah. you eating, sir? He's gonna get right tested for what he did to Derrick Henry. He probably is. He probably is. That's a good. That's a good uh, prediction right there. I love. This, I love the way that this game ended. Um, with a twelve play drive, seventy three yards. That I mean, this is good for Daniel Jones. It's good for a lot of things. Yeah, I was gonna say like Daniel Jones had those couple like Daniel Jones moments, but then like that drive and then the deep touchdown is. Gives Daniel Jones truthers like myself ammunition. Like, see, he's still good. He can do it. I believe. <laughs> he did get sacked five times this game, though. And that's definitely a concern. But if you could get the running game going a lot more quicker, get things going on offense a lot more quicker, um, the Giants could be cooking with something. And they didn't have um, their first-round pick, Kayvon. And... Things you get cooking all of a sudden for New York. I like to see it. And a, and an Eagles-Giants race for the NFC East would be fun. I would say more Eagles-Commanders, especially with the Dak injury and how he was playing. But really, Eagles and anybody would be quite fun based on like how the other two teams, not named the Cowboys, look this week. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's see if there's any other games... I think the last one. Oh, there's there's a couple. There's Ravens, Jets, and Browns, Panthers. So about Baker Mayfield throwing for 400 yards. <laughs> he no. looked like Cleveland made the right decision in a vacuum. I want to say in a vacuum here. Right. You know what I mean, because Baker Mayfield did not look good. Cleveland did not look good for the most part. Like, the rushing attack was the rushing attack, but this was just a game that someone had to win, unfortunately, and it (laughs) happened to be Cleveland. Cleveland still runs the ball really, really damn well. You know, Kareem Hunt looked really good, and um, I don't know if he's... I have no idea what that trade stuff story went away or not, Um, but Cleveland could still run the damn ball, and that's why I picked them to win this game, because... You still run the ball fine, and Jacoby Brissett's not going to have too many killer mistakes, and that's exactly what the recipe was for success here. I don't know what the Panthers are doing. Christian McCaffrey getting no love. I don't know. You got to use him. I mean, what's the point of even having him on the team? This is one of three healthy weeks. Please use him. Yeah, this is uh, that's just tough. Baker just did not look good at all. And uh, Carolina, I'm starting to really question Matt Rule like more and more I've, I've already been questioning more since last year but i mean what is going on there has to be a bigger story going on in carolina right now yeah i think it's very much that kind of culture of like when tepper came in he wanted a winner immediately so he didn't really look into what goes into building a winner he just wanted a team that goes in and starts kicking ass immediately he doesn't realize like you got to build the culture slowly like buffalo built the culture slowly you know what i mean 
Saint, the Rams built their roster slowly. You know what I mean? Chargers are building a winner slowly. KC built the infrastructure around Mahomes for when he came in. You know what I mean? And he, I don't think Tepper really understands that. And Matt Rule st- certainly doesn't understand that either. Which is a shame because that defense is really, really underrated. Yeah, with all that equity. Again. So much draft equity in that defense. You're right. And I don't know. I mean, Brian Burns is underrated. Jeremy Chin's underrated. I mean, just, uh, that whole I, defense, like every dude on that defense is great and they get no love from anybody. Hopefully Baker could turn things around and Christian McCaffrey get things around. And But uh, the Panthers, man, they're so far removed from those from their glory days. All right, last game, Ravens-Jets. Love to see it from Lamar Jackson um, just coming in and really just making people question more and more how come he didn't get that extension. Um, he was dropping dimes, which is great to see, just quieting all the haters. And um, just an overall great beatdown and a quiet – performance from joe flacco though <laughs> a little underrated joe flacco sir. exactly i actually found joe flacco's burner account on twitter um a while ago it was actually really funny but uh, what, what do you take away from this game i think the thing is like you saw a lot of like the mvp lamar kind of slipping out from defenders evading everybody but he has great chemistry with Bateman. Like, I noticed that immediately watching him. Like, oh, man, him and Bateman, him and Andrews, that's all you really need in this offense. So Baltimore looks scary good again. I love to see that. I love to see their chemistry developing. And um, it's only week one. I really I really wish that uh, I would have saw something else from Robert Sala in this Jets defense, though, especially how they came out feeling like winners after the draft and after the offseason. Um but uh, it is such a tall task against Lamar. Yeah, because, again, it's one of those, like, you really can't defend against Lamar Jackson. You got to hope he makes a mistake. So it's not like one of those things where you're panicking, like you might be in Green Bay or the true Los Angeles, not the other Los Angeles, the Chargers. You know what I mean? Because it was a difficult opponent. It was an indefensible guy. You didn't have Zach Wilson. It's not one of those like, oh, God, it was bad. It was one of those like we expected to lose and maybe see some glimmers of hope. But realistically, we didn't get the doors beaten off of us that bad. We're going to be OK. You think the oh, you think the Jets going to be OK? I think they'll be OK. Like they have a great roster. You know what I mean? Like we were kind of talking about with, with um, Carolina, like they built the infrastructure. It's just kind of like how does Zach Wilson perform now? That everything's around him. All right, we shall see. We shall see. But that wraps it up for week one. Any other reactions around the league and any other storylines you think um, after this week one and the whole slate of games? Nathaniel Hackett is a hack and Jerry Jones is delusional. What's changed? Wow. Nathaniel Hackett is a hack. Um, just taking a look at the standings right now. Let's start with the let's start with the AFC. Um, the East, two one zero teams: Dolphins, Bills. West, same deal: Chargers, Chiefs. The North: Steelers and Ravens. Steelers and Ravens will never go away. And then the South: no winners, no winners. Texans and Colts with the ties sitting atop. 
though. All right. And then on the NFC side, the East, Eagles Commanders want to know. The West, the Seahawks, the lone winners of the West. Who would have thought that one? The North, Vikings and Bears. And then the South, the Saints and Bucks. Right. Also, week one, I went 10 and 6. Joseph, you went 8 and 8, bro. Yeah, that was a rough one. <laughs> I I think um the 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 upsets really got me. We both took an L equally because of the tie. So yeah. you could look at it like that. And so if it were for the tie, maybe we would you would be more positive. I think the one that really got me was the Steelers and Bengals. I don't think I would have predicted that one. The Falcons is just ridiculous. That's a tough one. And the 49ers Bears, crazy upset. But I think yeah. the 49ers will get back on track. And I think Trey Lance is going to lead them to a playoff spot this year. The talent is like there on the roster, you know what I mean? And Trey Lance is going to make some of those throws that Jimmy could only dream of. So they'll be fine. They'll make the playoffs again, especially because the NFC is so top heavy and everyone's just kind of fighting for the wild cards. So they'll be fine making the playoffs. I just don't know if they make another championship game. Mm, That's a good take. I I just want to see him in the playoffs, get him in the wild card spot. I think that's good enough. But there you guys have it. Uh, Joseph, where can we find you on social media? At Cooler Than You Joe on Twitter and Instagram. All right. Find me on Twitter at SugarFreeLucas. Make sure you follow Tough Podcast here and on all social medias. So for Joseph, for me, everyone here, y'all have a beautiful day and we are out. Oh, 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 oh,